lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, I guess let me be the first one, because this is coming out super early uh, on the day, the first one to wish everyone listening uh, a happy Thanksgiving, uh, no matter how you... Uh, define the holiday or celebrate the holiday, especially under the circumstances right now. Um, we are happy to be able to be one of the voices that is out here um, kind of celebrating the day with you, and we're glad that you are making us part of that holiday today. And in celebration of the holiday, uh, I th- thought it would be fun um, to kind of have a little... A little good time get together sort of thing. Um, you know, the holiday, like I said in on in the tweet, um, kind of hearkening this episode. The, ho- the holiday for me is all about uh, coming together and family and community and that sort of thing. Um, and you know, with COVID, obviously that can't necessarily happen. So I thought a fun way to kind of engage with that idea of the holiday for myself was to get together with my partner KC and uh, watch uh, a fairly ridiculous pro wrestling match together um, based off of the suggestions from the fans. And this one actually was uh, suggested by a friend of the show, Henry, or uh, at blue underscore Ray Mysterio on Twitter, um, who was one of the, of the a collection of people that suggested matches for us. But we ended up choosing uh, the match that he suggested, uh, which I can only describe as a uh, Yoruchara brawl, as as Henry puts it, but oddly enough, in the video title, uh, if you translate it, it translates to, at least according to Google Translate, because we all know we can trust Google Translate for everything, uh, Yoruchara Super Smash Brothers, or Super Smash Battle. This is a whole bunch of Japanese uh, regional mascots getting together to fight. The good fight. KC. <laughs> um... Before we get, before I like describe this match even more than than I already have, I need to get your thoughts on what what we witnessed in those fifteen minutes earlier. <laughs> well, first off, thank you for everybody who made suggestions because I know Brian really um, liked going through each of those suggestions to find a good match, and he definitely watched some without me, some that were suggested. Um, yeah, so. Um, when you told me about the match that we were going to be watching, um, I mean, I knew it wouldn't disappoint just based off how you, uh, set it up for me. And then also, um, there've been a couple times when I've been exposed to these Japanese regional mascots before this, um, one definitely through John Oliver and then another from, I don't quite know what the full context behind this video was, but it's one of the mascots playing along the drum set with a children's song. And they just start drumming like really hardcore. Do you know which one I'm talking yes, about? Yes. Yes. Uh, Nyango star. Yes. Yes. Nyango star who actually, I think we, there was like the video started popping up of Nyango star a couple years ago. And then mm-hmm. vice did like a short little documentary um, on, on Nyango star. And kind of the idea of Yuruchara as a whole, in some way. 
But yeah, I think that out of the ones that were in this match, the one that was most recognizable to us was Cheetan. Who starred on John Oliver. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think that Cheetan is probably the most, one of the more recognizable Yurukara, Yurachara, rather, um, that has uh, kind of transcended Japan in a lot of ways. Um, and it was rad to see her in, in this in this context. For, but let's give a little more, more back story, I think. So the, the idea of Yurachara is um, regional mascots for different regions in, in Japan, um, basically to kind of boost tourism in a way. For the, they, they kind of have elements to their character, they're, and they're very outlandish that kind of represent the area that they are from. Um, they can be big for tourism, they can be big for branding, licensing, a lot of money is made off of a very, off of a, a very popular Yurachara. Um, if they can maintain that status or and attain it and maintain it rather. Um, Chiton is one that I think has gotten there, even though uh, her <laughs> perfectionary, um, I think has moved on from her at some point. She might be reinstated. I'm not sure. Um, Nyango star being another one, but we had a collection of them in this match um, from 2018 uh, that was basically being held in as part of a promotional tour for the rocks uh movie rampage which oddly enough um is a movie adaptation of a 80s era arcade game which features giant monsters <laughs> <laughs> so it's just such an odd mix of of things like you have like these real life not necessarily monsters per se although i would say you could you could say melankuma it's yes, kind of a monster. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but it's just it's just such an odd, beautiful mix that that kind of spurred this this thing into existence and I and I love it for it. So the match itself is a uh, elimination match with six Unochara. Um the aforementioned Chitan, although Chitan never enters the match because she uh, apparently did not want to fight the other mascots. So throughout the course of the match, she basically just runs through the arena, um, wielding her baseball bat. Wielding her baseball bat, definitely um, can't have the baseball bat, but also just like running through shadow boxing to the Rocky theme, which is just <laughs> beautiful in its own way. Um, but the other combatants in this match uh, were uh, Andre the Giant Panda, uh, who is a a giant panda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how tall, but yes, according, quite tall. <laughs> according to this article from um, Japan Kyo, um, Andre the Giant Panda is approximately ten feet tall. Ah, yes. Um, and then Melon Kuma, who is just a bear with a melon for a head, uh, Melon Kuma representing uh, Yuban City in Hokkaido. Uh, Andre the Giant, oddly enough, not, does not represent not representing a region. According oh. to this article, I don't know. That might be that might be an oversight there, but according to this article, does not represent a region in Japan. And then there's Nibarakun, who uh, is representing Ibaraki, uh, who is inspired by uh, natto, which uh, basically translates to fermented soybean. Hmm. Yes, that was the uh, the brown, very smiley, um, stretchy thing. Yes, the very <laughs> stretchy thing. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to how stretchy. Jesus Christ, that was like a body horror thing when it first started. 
<laughs> then we had uh, uh, or Okazemon. Uh, there we go. I, I'm so sorry if I butchered these pronunciations. <laughs> you should have had me say all these because... Okay, well, can you, can, you, can you see these? No, not from okay. where I'm sitting, well, unfortunately. I'm going to keep butchering them because it's, it's fun. I learn. Um, Okazemon, uh, who is, a, according to this article, a creepy, cute, helmet-haired, cat-ish character who represents uh, Okazaki City in Aichi Prefecture. Um, that was the uh, sort of like creepy cat looking thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we had uh, the fruit ninja Haruna, who uh, is representing the uh, the Gunma Prefecture. Um, obviously, very much Goku from basically head down, and their head was basically a melon. Ninja. Ninja yes. melon. Ninja melon. Melon. A lot of melons. <laughs> a lot of melons in this match. Um, and then, of course, the aforementioned Chitan. So, yeah, so we had those characters in, in the ring. <laughs> and it was basically, it was an elimination match um, where basically everybody kind of came and went as they pleased for the most part. Um, I don't know. What were your uh, first thoughts when you were, like, seeing as it started playing out? Well, first off, Andre the Giant Panda's entrance was amazing. Definitely too tall for the entrance. Yes. <laughs> and you know it's going to be a good match if the um, side staff, I don't know what else to call them, have to help the contestant into the ring by lifting up the ropes. <laughs> so already I knew I was going to be entertained by this match. And it did not disappoint and I, I I really loved actually how each of the contestants kind of just um, came in just throughout the show because I didn't know how many there were going to be. So it was just kind of a surprise when first it was two and I thought that was going to be the match. Then there came a third and I thought that was going to be the match. Then the fourth. <laughs> then finally Chitan, Chitan comes out and doesn't end up really in the ring at all. Um, so just interesting dynamics from the start, that set up a good time for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually, I misspoke because earlier, this was more Royal Rumble style in how you were describing it. Because it started off with two, and then we had more kind of added to the match as it went along. Um, of course, starting out first were Entree the Giant Panda and Fruit Ninja Haruna. Um, with Haruna basically like trying to, trying to land kicks... Yes. Um, but nothing really... Uh... <laughs> they were good kicks, but Andre the Giant Panda is just too tall and too chonky. Yeah. Oh, oh, the chonk. <laughs> so much. Love it. Adorable. But also very, very intimidating. <laughs> and of course, next out was Melankuma. Um, and Melankuma didn't even make it to the ring before assaulting people. Um, by try, I believe he was trying to eat the head of some of the handlers on the outside of the ring, and then try to eat the referee immediately once he came into the ring. Uh, <laughs> Basically, just biting anybody and everybody. Yep, just whole bunch of biting, whole bunch of biting until, oddly enough, uh, Mon- <laughs> Melakuma's head deflated <laughs> <laughs> and had to be taken to the back by the nurse. And then he reemerged later on in the match with a reinflated head. 
So, bad day at the office for Melankuma here, <laughs> we can tell. Um, and, of course, as that was all going on, um, Okazaimon uh, came out, um, and I tried to fight Andre the Giant Panda for the most part, but just like our beloved uh, Fruit Ninja, just nothing, nothing doing there at all. Honestly, I don't know. Let me get your take on this. What was your What was your take on um, on uh, the creepy cat? Whenever Whenever they came out, because like I, that was just one of the more I don't know. It was It was odd to me. I mean, it definitely wasn't like um, probably the most memorable entrance out of um, each of the different mascots. But um, I did really like how Okazaimon came into the ring and immediately started like slapping at people and scratching people. I thought that that was very fitting. Personally. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go the cat route, that's the perfect way to go. Slapping and scratching. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work on a panda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right, though. Uh, and then, um, lastly, we had uh, Nubarakun. Um, and I apologize if I get the order out of order here. But that was just... It's, this is it's all pure chaos. That was the order that I remembered. Yeah, that's what I thought it was too. But uh, Nabarakun comes out, um, shuffles to the ring. Um, this cute little plop of soybean, um, <laughs> and then once they get into the ring, um, one of the uh, most <laughs> visceral metamorphoses that I've ever seen in a ring, or in a lot of media, honestly, <laughs> happens. Because um, Nibarakun stretches upward, ran out of nowhere, just stretches upward, taller than Andre the Giant Panda. By a little bit. <laughs> it's just, I, it came out of nowhere and it completely, like, we were already into this and we were already laughing and having a good time. And then all of a sudden that happened. It's just like the, the shock, personally, uh-huh. of it. It was just like, ah, this <laughs> is. Like for a second, you forget that like you're watching like basically cartoon characters fight, but then like like a lot of cartoons, there's always like a little element of fear that gets interjected in there, and this was it. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, oh no, these things can be monsters as well, <laughs> but cute monsters, but monsters. Yes, very cute. <laughs> and I uh, did like when Nabarokun stretched up basically to go face to face with. Andre the Giant Panda. And of course, Chitong comes out after that, does her thing. And in the midst of all of that, whenever um, everybody is focused on Chitong outside of the ring, that's whenever we see um, Okazaimon eliminated by Andre the Giant Panda, um, followed shortly by uh, Melankuma, because um, unfortunately Melankuma's head um, deflated once again. <laughs> <laughs> and just couldn't, just couldn't keep going. Too much biting. Yeah. All the yeah, just can't handle that much biting, um, which definitely was was a whole lot more biting. Um, at some point, the crew kind of ganged up on Andre the Giant Panda, and they had him they had him knocked down uh, for the referee to do a ten count. But they they just kept assaulting the referee while he was trying to do the <laughs> ten count, and he could never get it off in time. So Giant Panda got back up. Including Monokuma trying to eat his head once again. <laughs> it was just... I just... I love that I can say these sort of things in the context of pro wrestling. It's just beautiful. 
So it all comes down to Andre the Giant Panda and the Fruit Ninja. Um, where it began, so it shall end. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it ends with <laughs> a giant headbutt followed by Andre basically just falling on top of <laughs> the Fruit Ninja. <laughs> mm-hmm. And getting the pinfall and the win and all that, all the pomp that comes after that. So. The match itself was fun, but a lot of the stuff around it was really what what kind of gave me a lot of happiness in watching this because um, not only did you have Cheetan all around the ring just taking a baseball bat to, to punching bags and doing just the ridiculous on-brand stuff that Cheetan does, but you also had a very, very... Um, engaged crowd with this even if they weren't really mic'd but they were super into it which was awesome to see and then oddly enough you had Masahiro Chono New Japan Pro Wrestling legend Masahiro Chono on commentary during this and was in the ring to present Andre the Giant Panda with a championship belt which is it's not surprising personally but just knowing that kind of like how Japanese pro wrestling engages with humor in some ways, but it was still like very, very just like, I don't know the right word for it, but it just, it just made me. You were super excited. I was. (laughs) I was very excited. I I, stood up and started yelling. Like this Essentially. It's fucking Chono. Like, yes. (laughs) It's fucking Chono. It was great. Like, I loved it. Like, and the thing is like, what I really love about that moment is that it really speaks to the attitude, the attitude held towards pro wrestling, or the difference in attitude held for pro, for pro wrestling between Japan and America in a lot of ways, because um, a lot of there's still there are currently a lot of arguments in America, and they have been for the longest time about like different styles of pro wrestling and are how viable each one is. You know, um, there are plenty of people out there that only like pro wrestling as an athletic competition or athletic presentation. They don't, or they only like it whenever it has a bit more of a, um, like, kind of straightforward, but not as, like, um, blood and guts sort of per- presentation, or even um, something, like, a difference between, like, a northern and a southern style, per se, in how um, it, the uh, the presentation is for it. And all those arguments are bubkis, because all forms of pro wrestling are, are great, um, and really at the center of that, those arguments currently right now is comedic pro wrestling. A lot of people kind of, well, not, it's not, not a lot of people, but there are some people that are very vocal that have this opposition to comedic pro wrestling, um, and want, basically want it to be treated as seriously as possible whenever you're out there doing it. And yes, that's great, but all of the different styles work together to make the, the stew in a way. And that's one thing I really liked about watching Japanese pro wrestling. Cause while, you know, there are definitely matches that have a more like big fight feel, especially in companies like new Japan and all Japan and Noah and stuff like that. Um, they're not really, um, scared to engage with some of the more ridiculous as well. 
You know, mm-hmm. obviously there are companies like DDT that are basically just built around the ridiculous for the most part. And it's kind of more commonplace for the big fight field matches to be kind of the odd man out when it comes to that promotion compared to the comedic stuff. Um, but even the most like, like, res- like celebrated pro wrestlers in Japan still understand that person, that their personality transcends just this, this kind of idea of being serious in the ring. And like, it's why you see like, so one thing I love about, um, Pura wave on YouTube, um, all of their videos that they put out, um, no matter who the subject is, at the very end, as a stinger, they'll always put in some like little humor or comedic segment that they were in at some point that really speaks to this idea of pro wrestling engaging with the whole of, of personality in a way. Whether it be like seeing Mitsuharu Masawa in a commercial uh, or seeing Toshiaki Kawada singing karaoke or Shinsuke Nakamura doing um, like this ridiculous dance sort of thing like there's these people they have a mystique to them but they're not scared to still seem down to earth and normal and engage with all these other things that a lot of people if you looked at pro wrestling as just serious all the time it wouldn't necessarily um it just gives them the ability to be more human and and be more open to engaging with different audiences and different ways and, and just really being able to open themselves up to artistic expression and, and many, many ways other than just being a serious pro wrestler, man, you know, like, well, that's fine. Like you want to be a serious pro wrestler, but serious pro wrestlers can also, um, joke around with a giant inflatable panda and have to put the a title belt on their arm because it will never, ever, 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 ever fit around that waist. You mean title bracelet? Yes, exactly. Well, it's more like a, it like a watch, honestly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so here's my thoughts, because, of course, when you talk about regional style like Northern or Southern, I don't necessarily have the developed eye to tell any differences there however i've talked a lot about um athletic ability of wrestlers and how that's a piece that i really really enjoy about wrestling um just because it's like a celebration of what the body can do physically um but also i wouldn't be able to get through life without laughing at the ridiculousness which is why i do tend to like both funny matches and serious matches um this to me probably isn't even the most ridiculous funny match that you've shown me i think when you introduced me to the hardy brothers that's probably that was one of the huge entrances for me because it was just so ridiculous and funny and it was still pro wrestling it really allowed me to enjoy it and then engage with the other forms of pro wrestling that you've shown me. So there's merit in everything, essentially um, these different kinds of styles, even if I may not like everything, because there's definitely some styles that you've told me about that don't necessarily interest me. Um, but I'm not going to knock it. Yeah. And like the final deletion was definitely like a, a good, mix of some of the the more ridiculous elements 
of pro wrestling with some of the more serious as well. But just like it just makes you come across as so much more of a of a human person whenever you're able to kind of break out of these molds and, and kind of reshape yourself. Um, and in, not necessarily even reshaping yourself, but not taking yourself as seriously that you can't engage with something like this. You know, I think that's what, what really what I love about kind of the the attitudes that we've seen, like why Chono would show up here, you know, or like, you know, why you have somebody like Toriano in New Japan, where like at one point he was the most like serious, dastardly healed bad guy that you could think of. And now he basically all of his matches are trying to like tape wrestlers to the guardrail with athletic tape or winning them by hitting uh, people with low blows or trying to hawk uh, t-shirts um, or, or his YouTube channel um, on his way to the ring. Like he is the epitome of like how you can progress and evolve and embrace all these different elements of yourself within pro wrestling. I think that gets lost on some people. Um, whenever the, you get so singularly focused on one aspect of the business in that way. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's why I got so excited whenever, whenever Chono popped up on this, because it was just, it was just too good. It was just too good of a moment mm-hmm. that I couldn't just stay in my seat. Like, it was just so good. Like the match itself was fun. Cheetah's always fun. Cheetah getting up on, on, by the announcers at the end of the match, um, was great. But um, Chono being there was was awesome and really put a cherry on top that was topped by another cherry whenever they played the uh, the slowed down remix of Rat in a Cage by Smashing Pumpkins that was <laughs> featured in the Rampage trailer at the end of the match. Um, it didn't feel out of place at all. Um, it, Really? Sarcasm sarcasm doesn't translate well through a purely audio medium, but that was definitely what that was. (laughs) So, kind of winding down off of this, like, would you watch another match like this? Like, with more um, Eurochara battles? I mean, definitely. So, clearly, this was an emotional roller coaster from the excitement of the wrestlers coming out to face each other. Down to Nabarro Kun's solo tear in their eye after they lost the match. <laughs> it just harkens back for me to the, the famous Ric Flair promo with a tear in my eye. But of course, like in this instance, you're sitting on a bench watching a giant panda celebrate uh, winning a championship that doesn't fit on their body. Championship watch. Yes, the championship watch and uh, celebrate with Masahiro Chono in a ring. Um, and, and yeah, this was just great. I Shout out to Henry once again for um, for suggesting this match. And um, I you'll be happy to know, uh, sweetie, there are more. There, there are more Yorochara Euro pro wrestling awesome. fights out there. <laughs> um <laughs> If also like if if you were into this, we got We got to sit sit down and watch some kaiju big battle as well. What's that? So kaiju big battle is a is a basically a wrestling company that is just like giant monsters fighting each other in the ring. I see. Yeah, I think they should have a guest of Undertaker. Oh, 
get that sweet Bundertaker crossover. I'm in it. I'm in for it. All right. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for for us for right now. But we got some cooking to do for for Thanksgiving. But um, sweet, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and indulging me. Once I always say indulging, and I know it's not, but it's just <laughs> I have a complex, and I can't. <laughs> it's indulging for me on my end. I get to indulge in yeah. these kinds of hilarious matches. <laughs> Well, thank you, sweetie. My thanks once again to Casey for uh, sitting down and watching that match with me and, and sitting down and chatting with me about it and just kind of, you know, taking the time to engage with me in, in, in a thing that I love and a thing that they are starting to love parts of, at least, and... That's the one of the beautiful things, not just about pro wrestling, but about art and community and family in a lot of ways. And I'm really why I enjoy this holiday. And I, you know, with circumstances of whether they are, you know, I can't think of a better way to spend that day uh, than sitting around chatting about Cheetan beating the shit out of a punching bag with a baseball bat outside of a wrestling ring with the person that I adored whole close the most. So with that, happy Thanksgiving. And yeah, celebrate in whatever way you feel like celebrating. Define it however you choose to define it. But no matter the makeup of your family... Um, or the people around you, you know, whether it's one that's a chosen or a biological or whoever you have around you, whoever you can Zoom with, whoever you can chat with on the phone, um, there's power in it. And hopefully we'll all be able to enjoy some of that today. Um, yeah. And if not, there is always Cheetan with a baseball bat, um, which is... Very, very satisfying, if I must say so. Um, well, that's going to do it for us here this week on the show, but of course we cannot get out of here without thanking some awesome people who make this show as rad as it is. The Progress Pride Flag Design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. And of course, a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for our theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band. You can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at Sarah and the Safe Word.bandcamp.com. Of course, uh, Wednesday night was the finale of The Masked Wrestler over on independentwrestling.tv. We finally got to learn who will challenge Warhorse for the Independent Wrestling Championship. Um, and if you weren't able to check out the show yet or don't have a subscription, to independentwrestling.tv, you're in luck. We have a promo code that gets you five days free to explore all of the goodies that are uh, a cornucopia, rather. There we go. Tying it back in. A cornucopia of goodies uh, in the independent wrestling world over there at independentwrestling.tv. Just use our promo code, LGBT Ring Pod, 
Or you can go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial to check out everything on the site. Uh, and then see if it's something you want to keep in your life. See if it's as yummy as the ham that I have in the oven. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty tasty. Um, and then, of course, uh, follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. And if you're into video games, I do also uh, co-host a gaming news show every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. We go live with a couple of my good friends over on twitch.tv slash Entertainment, Sun like the star. Um, and just kind of go through the week's gaming news, um, you know, analyze where needed, uh, have fun where we can, and it's just all around a good time, I would say. But yeah, that's every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Uh, for all the fun gaming new stuff there. Well, I think that's going to do it for it for this week. Uh, I have a I have a casserole and some delightful southern baked mac and cheese getting ready uh to get all this together even though it's just me. <laughs> it's just me and Casey. Uh but we're we're doing what we want to do, and we're we're doing what we think is best for us, and that means stuffing our fucking faces and throwing the goddamn cranberry sauce out the window. <laughs> it's, it's bad, uh, but we will be in that back next week with a more traditional show. Um, but until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands. And wear your mask, especially today, if you are doing the family thing in person, getting households together in one place, wear the mask, ventilate your houses, eat outside, Jesus, just, just, just do it, and go Lions. Bye! See me to deal with the